Do you want to create a more intentional home in 2024? Do you crave more balance and ease at home? And are you ready to create home foundations that support your entire family? Today on the podcast, I have Catherine Garland, who talks with me about how to become a homemaker. Emphasis on maker, instead of just fumbling along in the house day to day. Catherine lives with her husband and four kids on their farm in British Columbia, Canada. She's a former teacher and now homeschools her four kids. Catherine's mission and purpose is to help people see the power of the home and the possibilities that come from creating a safe and grounded home. She is the host of the podcast Homespun, Create the Life You Crave, which is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Catherine has really good insight into the idea of homemaking as a verb. And then it's something that you intentionally do and something that you intentionally create in your home. And us women are in a unique position to truly create a special space that is supportive, educational, and fun for every member of the family. Creating a home foundation is so important to raising deaf kids as our kids go through a lot outside our walls. And making the inside of our home as supportive and accessible for our kids as possible helps them to better cope with the pressures of the outside world. In this episode, Catherine shares her journey in homemaking, and we chat about rules and chores we set for our kids and how we add in daily self-care for ourselves as well. So grab a paper and a pen because this episode is full of advice that you will want to remember. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to integrate language skills into your home but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and time management tips? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child. There were so many decisions and information overload big time. I lacked clarity and confidence, and I yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then that I discovered communication strategies to support our kids' language development, time management tips, and home systems that fit into our busy lives. And I can't wait to share them with you. So put down that to-do list for a fresh mug of coffee, and let's get started. Did you know that I have a free community of women just like you? Busy moms who want more ease and balance in their lives by creating effective communication systems for their families. In the community, we share tips for time management and support each other through hearing loss with our kids. Come join us at facebook.com slash groups slash Raising Deaf Kids. Welcome to the Raising Deaf Kids podcast, and I have such a fun guest today. I have Catherine. Yay. Welcome, Catherine, to the podcast. So I did like one episode with Catherine already where I was in the hot seat for the first time. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun. It was so fun. And now we're swapping and I've got Catherine over here to talk to you guys because I love what Catherine is doing. And we'll talk about all of it. But she has a podcast coming out. And like, I'm going to subscribe. I want you to subscribe. And I think my listeners are going to get a lot out of what you are saying today. So welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited. We had a lot of fun the other day. I'm happy to keep it going. 
I know. I'm so glad I met you. We've yeah. become friends just so the audience knows Catherine and I met each other through like a podcast program that we were doing to both get our podcasts out. We've been swapping and we have just had so much fun getting to know each other. And mm-hmm. so to get started, I would love to ask, ask you, Catherine, just so that our audience can get to know you a little bit. How did you like what do you do and how did you get started in like this podcasting space? I know you also like have a homestead and you homeschool your kids. How did you find this life? <laughs> Cause it's very interesting. It's very different from what I do, which I love. And I love learning about, yeah. you know, what other people are doing. They're different from me. So how did yeah. all of this happen? <laughs> how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll try and make it brief. No, it feels like it's been my entire life in the making really. Uh, as as a child, you know, people would always say, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would answer a mom and they'd say, well, okay, but like, what else? And I'd be like, why do I need something else? Like, that, <laughs> that's it. So I feel like this path was always just where I was, where I was heading towards. Of course, inertia of everything takes over. You know, I did, I did go to university and I did have a teaching career and I did like, I did things, but it was not where my heart was. And so I think that this is where I've always I was always meant to do this. I had to get um, my husband on board because he wasn't convinced he was meant to do this. <laughs> and it was it was just, it kind of just organically grew over time until we finally got here. And I feel like we finally landed um, about two years ago is when we started our, our small farm here. And I really think that everything led us to this point, like everything. Um, I did real estate for a while, but like that... I think helped me find this place. Like everything led us here. So yeah, we homeschool our four children. We have a bunch of animals. We don't garden. That is not my strongest food <laughs> or my passion. But we have we have this life that we've built where we're doing life from home. And I always felt like home was was where it was meant to be. I was never the person who liked going like go, liked going to parties and whatever. Like I did the things, but I always would prefer to be home with a book or home with a couple of friends or at my friend's house you know I never was like I never was a big let's go out sort of person and I think that it's just because that's where I really felt the draw to just like um simple connections and like an easy an easier vibe so I I'm my podcast is about that home home centric let's call it living and it's just all about cultivating that that sense of safety, that sense of security, and all the things that go along with it. So, I mean, not everybody's going to have a farm and homeschool their children, but that doesn't mean that they can't have a really strong sense of home and a really, and like good, good roots and good safety in their home. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah I love, I am just thinking about what you're saying and I love a lot of things. I was the same way growing up <laughs> as you, my, what I really wanted to be was a mom. And I think I told my stepmom that I think she reminded me that a few days ago when I was in like second grade or something, she's like, what do you want to be? And I was like, a mom. And that was, and I was open to doing other things too. And I know we've talked about this, but like I was a teacher too at first and I was in education as well until like I had my kids and I really like education, which I think is how that led me to this online space because it's still kind of educating in a way and like the best parts of teaching that I liked. But yeah, I mean, I agree 
what I really wanted to do in my life was like have kids and have a family. And I knew from an early age for me that that was, was going to be the most fulfilling part of my life as well. And, you know, keeping it home. And, you know, at the time I was open to being a working mom as well as a stay at home mom. And then like we had our kids and our kids had special needs. And so that kind of directed us into the stay at home mom thing, just to honestly, at the beginning, keep up with all of their, services and things that they needed to do. Well, and I really like you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. I just, you, you were saying something there and it just made me think of like the fact that I view myself as a homemaker. Like, yeah, I'm a stay at home. Yeah. I, I do, I do a lot, but like my, my main vocation, if you will, is that I'm a homemaker and like, not necessarily in, you know, the leave it to beaver sense, like sure. In that sense to a degree, but more in the Like I get to make every piece of this home. Like I get to choose, you know, everything from the fact that, you know, our dining room table is set up like this to welcome extra people in here to choosing what's in our home library and what we're going to, to choosing like what activities are going to be important for our family. Like I get to, like, I am, I'm choosing the culture of this, this home. And I, I think that's one of the biggest privileges I've ever had. You know, I get to, I get to do all of those things and really figure out what I want our life to look like and what I what foundation I want to lay for my kids. Are they going to follow my footsteps? I have no idea, but I know that I'm going to set them up with the best success plan that I can possibly think of because I get to be here to do it. And I mean, anyone can do that, whether you're working, like you said, you were open to being a working mom and it didn't work out because of your children's hearing and their schedules, but you still got to even if you're a working mom, you still get to decide like what job are you going to do and how is that going to affect your family and how do you want it to influence them? And like, you still get to decide how you want to show up and you still get to be the maker of your home. And I think that's truly the biggest gift we can give our kids is being intentional about the home we provide for them. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you identify yourself as a homemaker. Like you're not just a mom, you are a mom, but you do so much more than that. And I think as moms, especially because I say moms, I know there are a lot of stay-at-home dads out there, but still statistically, I think like 90% or something are of stay-at-home parents are still moms or still women. You know, so what do you say to the moms who are like kind of stuck in the hard day-to-day Because it's not easy being a homemaker. And I love it. I agree. You get to set the foundation. You're really a leader in your home. And we are literally raising and like changing the next generation. I mean, women and moms, whether you're working or staying at home, like you said, and we can talk about that, how working moms can still like create this foundation as well, even if they're working not at home all day. But I say that we have so much power and that we are literally raising the next generation. And so we kind of, by the way that we create our homes and by the way, you know, what we teach our kids is what the next generation is going to look like. And that is really, I mean, we're like literally moms can like change the world just by raising our kids (laughs) in an intentional or like more kind way. You know, so I would love to talk to the mom, say what advice you have for moms who are like, I don't know, because I think we've all been there. It's hard every day, especially with little kids. Everyone is like yelling at some point, like my boys are wild. 
<laughs> and like jumping on the couch <laughs> nobody's listening you know there's like tantrums people are crying and you know there's a lot of times that I'm still I'm like it like am I even doing anything <laughs> you know <laughs> like what am I doing am I even making a difference the house is a mess but what do you say to the moms who are kind of stuck in the day-to-day especially with littler kids and are like I don't know if I'm making a difference or not <laughs> in this home <laughs> and it doesn't seem like it right now to me Right. Cause you got, I mean, we've all been there. I, I had four kids and just in about five years. And so like, I, the youngest one's infancy and like toddler days are a complete blur of exactly that. Like, I don't remember so much of it because I had three other kids who were practically still toddlers themselves. Like I know the oldest ones weren't, but you know, it felt like it. And you get so flooded with like, I am so tired. I am tired of looking down, thinking I have clean pants on to realize they're not clean. I am so tired of sweeping. I've swept 12 times today and it's only 8 a.m. Like I, (laughs) we have all been there and I am in no way on the other side of it. I am still very much in the thick of it. We're just in a different season of season of overwhelm and being flooded. But I think what has made me feel a little bit more grounded and like I can get through this is two things the magic of outside (laughs) like stop like don't be cooped up like go for a walk go for a bike ride go like go sit under a tree just do something for some reason I don't know if it's an anomaly with my kids I I don't think it is but for some reason just being outside everybody just seems to do things differently like sure they might still have a tantrum but like they're gonna go kick a tree instead of I don't throw a pillow which just feels a lot easier to manage like go kick a tree the tree can survive that or you know even just the act of like getting ready sometimes to go outside even if it's just putting on sandals because it's summer and you don't need to get suited up like for a snowstorm even if it's just that simple act of oh we're changing it's like kind of shifts everyone out of whatever funk they happen to be in and as like my boys are getting older like I don't care if they wrestle like they we have we have we have a rule that it has to be fair they're a, they're about three and a half years apart in age my boys the, the I have boy girl boy girl so the boys are about three and a half years apart in age which means the older one right now for now is just inherently stronger he's bigger he's stronger he's 11 he's not going to be this you know so they have to make it fair like how are you going to fight today to make it fair are you gonna you know fight from your knees are you going to only use your left arm are you going to just like give him a couple of freebies where you're just going to stand there and let him tackle you? Like, what are you going to do to make it fair so that it's not you just like dominating him and it has to be outside. (laughs) Go wrestle in the field, go like whatever you've got to do, but you know, make it fair and be outside. So kind of embracing where they are and letting them. I went through a season where I was always like, I had this vision of, I think it was just what, you know, was expected of my family whether it was an accurate vision or not and so I would be like you can't you can't yell you can't fight you like you can't do this and you can't do that and I put all these restrictions on them and I got to a point where I was like why can't they so I think we just have to let go of a lot of those expectations because like why can't my boys wrestle boys wrestle you know I don't I don't know why they can't why can't my girls do cartwheels on gravel because then I hurt their hands we'll let them figure that out if they want to do a cartwheel and they end up getting a cut hand. It's not going to kill them. Let's just let them do it. Wash their hands. They'll have a cry and they won't do it again. You know, I stopped trying to micromanage all the little behaviors that don't really matter and they need to let them out. And it really just made everything easier. And 
I, I really mean that what I say about we, we do the outside thing because so we do homeschool, but we've put them in outdoor like forest school type programs. And like my my one son, he'll go and be a wildling in the bush for five hours at the program. He'll come home and he'll change from one snowsuit to the next and go back outside and like tromp around in our bush and go sledding. Like, okay, you need a lot of fresh air. <laughs> like I I never would have seen this before when I was trying to micromanage everything because I would have been like, you just came home, sit by the fire, warm up, let's do this. Like, no, you think you need to change snowsuits and go again? Okay, I'll call you for dinner. Like, we'll see you later. So it's just the magic of outside and just feeling out where your kids are. Because if you get so hung up in what you should do, it's impossible to figure out what you want. Yeah. Can I just say that I really appreciate that you have multiple snowsuits? <laughs> that is not a thing in the <laughs> South, in, in North Carolina, where I am. Like, we don't have a snowsuit like period <laughs> last year we didn't even like I didn't even wear like my winter coat all year I pretty much just wore like sweaters <laughs> we didn't get one snow last year at all we woke up this morning to a dusting of snow it's what? I don't I'm not happy about it <laughs> it's a little too early <laughs> us down here we're like yay snow we like film it <laughs> because it's so rare and we like send it to people so I really appreciate that where you live you have multiple snowsuits <laughs> for your kids to change it to, because that's not a thing we do here but it sounds fun and yeah I yeah. agree with you a few things like changing the scenery and we do lots of outside time as well our kids we have a fenced in backyard and, and they can just do whatever and yeah I mean at this point like I let them run out there barefoot like I don't care <laughs> as long as they're outside running around and I even like we also have a screen in porch out there with a door and even when it's raining I let them go out on the porch because rainy days are the worst like when you can't get outside and you're just like inside all day and we get that I hope they never hear this but there's this one day it was this summer so it was warm like super warm like 40 celsius I don't actually know what that is Fahrenheit so but 40 degrees celsius in and around there it's hot. It's really hot. And my kids wanted to go outside in the rain and fine. And they went out into the field and were squishing cow patties. That was a big let it go mama moment. Because <laughs> I was like, this is yeah. disgusting. This is just like, even I, like, I let them do a lot, but I have my limits. And like, I crossed the threshold. I was like, I don't even want them to come in and wash their feet in the tub. Like, what? <laughs> this is disgusting. Yeah. That, that's extra. Yeah, yeah. That's too much. Well, and yeah, and I also, like you said, so yeah, I think the change in the scenery outside, especially it's like a lot, it's sensory input for kids too, Mm -hmm. which I guess like I'm like really aware of because I also have a kid who's ADHD, like who benefits from like extra sensory put and needs like multiple sensory inputs at one time. Um, And so Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of sensory going outside, even if it's just like a fenced in backyard, like I have it, there's just like, the wind and the sun and there's a bird chirping and there's an airplane going and they're noticing all of it and then they're climbing and they're running and jumping they're using multiple senses at one time and that Mm -hmm. fulfills like you know I don't know their nervous system um or whatever but yeah so I love that but something else that I really like that you said and brings up the question is letting the outside world 
not dictate what you're doing in your home. Mm-hmm. Right? Because the outside world tells us to do stuff all like all the time. So why are we letting the outside world tell us how to like run our homes? Because each home is different for each family and you know, for each child. And like you said, each parent kind of has their like limits to what they love and what they don't love. Yeah. And some people, you know, like us, I feel like we can like let a lot of things go. It seems like other people can't and that's fine. Um, but everyone has different ways that they are navigating that. And, and you are going to have different ways. So like, why are we letting the outside world tell us, well, they shouldn't do cartwheels in the gravel. Cause like you said, well, they're not going to like it and they'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yep. you know, and, or, you know, why are you have, you have to have like a perfectly straight home. So like letting go of some of these things and realizing why, because like, who knows, <laughs> like it, Who's going to know if your laundry is done? I've got like two huge piles of laundry sitting right off camera here. (laughs) My bedroom, my beds are all unmade today. But like, so like who is coming and dictating and telling you, you have to like make up these beds right now today? Like, you know, I mean, like there's certain things, there's, there's certain things that I can't let go. And like, you have to figure those out. Like I can't stand a messy kitchen. I can't, I can't handle dishes in the sink. I can't handle like like canning season actually is my least favorite season because we do a lot of canning but like that means I have two giant canning pots on my counter pretty much all the time and I have boxes of vegetables and fruits on the floor practically all the time and like like and it actually like it's it causes me a lot of stress because I can't deal with the messy kitchen but you know, we have one main living space. We have like this big basement that the kids don't like playing in. So they're always playing in the living room. And like right now there's, I don't know, a Duplo airport and like, I don't even know a Lego pile. It looks like, a, a, I don't know what it is. And there's a wooden block, like six bay garage on the coffee table. And I got to tell you, like, I don't love it. I don't love it, but I can deal with it. And they do, they have been playing with it because as the days are getting shorter and, you know, they're not going back outside after dinner, they are playing with it. So I eventually hit a point. I'm like, okay, everything's getting cleaned up today. It might be three days. It might be 10. It depends on my mood, right? But like, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of mess. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. You know, I made definitely. them clean it all up the other day because it needed to vacuum and then they put it all back out. That's exactly what mine do too. We are very similar people, I think, because I hate a messy kitchen too. So like at nighttime, that's like my limit. I like to keep the kitchen clean at nighttime. The one thing I do is I need to like clean the kitchen and put the dishes away. My husband's always like, you don't need to do this till morning. I'm like, yes, I do. Because when I wake up in the morning and I start, I already feel behind if I'm waking up to like dirty dishes in a messy kitchen. Like I already have to do this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I can't make breakfast because like, and I can't, like, right. I don't know where to start. I have to walk into yeah. a clean slate. I am the same way. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And like, and everyone <laughs> is different, but yeah, I mean, I'll leave like the toys at the trains. My boys are really into like trains and the train tracks and I'll leave those around my house all day until I feel like I want a vacuum. So how can you give advice to parents? Because it seems like you have really thought a lot about how you want to create like your home culture or home community, you know, and you've thought a lot about what things you can let go, what things are really important to you. So how can we encourage and help parents and moms to 
create a more intentional home that works for them because intentionality is also different for every person. Mm-hmm. Like what is intentional to you is not intentional to me and vice versa. So whatever intentional means for you, how do they create a home that really works for them and their family? Okay. Uh, or how so, do you do it? The way that I did it is like, I worked really hard at getting to know my kids. I kind of hit a point where I was like, not thrilled with the feeling that I had towards them. And it wasn't that I didn't love them. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy them. It was that I was just like, ah, why are you not picking up? Ah, why? Like, I felt like I had that feeling way more often than I wanted to. And so I stepped back and I was like, okay, like, who are they? Like, you can't, you never, you don't go into a marriage expecting your partner to do things exactly your way. Like, why is it different just because they're, you know, younger? I mean, I kind of did. It's not different. And I had to work through that, <laughs> to be honest. Right. Yeah. But like you had to work through it. You um, I couldn't, did. It, it was it a process. Wasn't gonna, yeah. Right. It wasn't going to work immediately. It wasn't going to work forever if you didn't at least try and adapt. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, so you that, can't, you, it's no different. You're not going to, you're not going to be best friends with somebody if you're always trying to control them. Cause like, they're going to get tired of that. You know, it's no different just cause they're children. So I really like, and it took a long time for me to understand this piece of advice, but that whole begin with the end in mind I was always like what does that riddle even mean like this sounds like the like this riddle that I just can't solve begin with the end in mind like I just I couldn't wrap my brain around that but it really is the biggest piece for me so it was like I had to get to know my kids and what did I want at the end of the day what did I want at the end of the week what did I want at the end of 18 to 22 years when they were done you know living with me what did I want and I what I wanted was them to be respectful well-adjusted confident and I wanted a good relationship with them well am I going to get that if I'm nagging them to pick up their lego every five minutes not likely am I going to get that if I don't listen to them tell me that you know they hate squash like not likely like they're I'm not I'm not going to be a short order cook this dinner is what dinner is but like we we have found a rhythm where, you know, they really dislike this one thing. They're still saying like, thanks mom for making this nutritious meal. I really appreciate it. I'm only going to have three bites of this one thing though, because I don't like it. You know, we've gotten to this point where it's not perfect and it's, they're still yelling. <laughs> there's still, there's still tantrums, but it was that whole thing of like, what exactly do I want big picture? And how am I going to do that every day? Because it wasn't, it wasn't working. I have no idea. They were they were still quite little when I started trying to figure figure this piece out. So I have no idea if they remember or if they even could have articulated it at that age. But I don't think that they went to bed like they would have gone to bed feeling great. Because if I were them, would they would did they go to bed well fed? Yes. Did they go to bed with a cuddle and a kiss? Yes. Did they go to bed feeling like safe? I think yes. Did they go to bed feeling great? I don't know that they would have every day because you know a four-year-old can only be expected to notice the mess so much like they just he he, I have my younger son doesn't notice anything like I it drives me crazy he's just like where are my glasses I'm like they're literally right in front of you on the table he's like where they're bright orange and they're right there how can you not see them but he's not pulling a fast one on me like he is just like everywhere but here and he actually isn't aware where they are right now like he cannot see them because he's he's not here right now. Right. And it drives me crazy. But if me yelling at him about his glasses being right in front of him going to hell, 
no, it doesn't take much for me to just like pick them up and put them in his hand and say, they're right here, man, put them on your face. Right. So what, like, what do we really want? And then working from there. And that's how it changes for everyone, because what do, what you want, isn't going to be what I want. Isn't going to be what my mom wanted. Right. Yeah. And that's a big one right there. (laughs) Sometimes doing stuff differently from your parents, not because you didn't, I've had this discussion with my parents too, not because I didn't like what they did because I did. And I've used some things that they used to do with us and carried that through with our kids. But then also I always tell my parents, my husband and I are different people raising different kids. I'm not blah, 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 my mom raising blah, 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 me and my sisters. We were different people and we're raising different people under different circumstances. And so, of course, it's not going to look exactly like my home when I was growing up um, because it's a whole different set of like five people in this house. But I agree. And that is what I have done too about thinking about the end in mind. So one of my favorite quotes that I actually got from Wellness Mama, so I did not come up with this, but I really like Wellness Mama and I've followed her for a long time. And something that she said that resonated with me and is how I think about when I'm thinking about what skills I want to give my kids for adulthood is I think about I'm raising adults. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. raising adult children, like they're children right now, but they're gonna be adults. And at the end of it, for me, similar to you, I want them to have like problem solving skills, because I want them as adults to be able to figure something out, which is something that my mom did with us really well is, you know, we don't know everything, but I can figure it out. Like I, I can figure out where to go or who to ask, or what to read to figure out my, you know, the answer to my question. So I want them to have problem solving skills. I want them to have very basic, like homemaking my boys as well. Like I want them to know how to cook a little bit, even if it's just like an egg (laughs) or putting something in the microwave. Like, you know, I want them to know how to cook a little bit. I want them to understand how to clean a little bit, at least do a little bit of like vacuuming and like wiping off counters. I want them to understand why it's important to live in a clean ish it doesn't have to be like spotless but a clean space which makes you like ultimately feel better and you know yeah same thing I want a good relationship with my kids which means I have to hold back a lot of the nagging sometimes I have to hold back a lot of the control and that control I realize because mine are seven five and two so they're still little but as they're getting older the control is gonna have to like decrease which is gonna be hard for me um But I'm prepared (laughs) to take some of that away age appropriately because I want them by the time they get to be 18, 19, whatever, whatever they feel like they're ready to move out of the house, that they have those adult skills because I don't want them to relapse back in the house. Not because I don't love them, but I want them to be adults who can function, you know, quote unquote, like normally in society and have friends and be functional adults. And, and the, so the, that is my end in mind. So everything that I'm doing is moving, moving them closer and closer each day or week or whatever, like towards that goal. And that you touched on something that I feel like it's, it feels controversial when I talk to some people about it, but it feels to me like it's just like simple, but we have, we have a lot of chores. There's a lot of stuff going on here and they each start the day with an inside chore and an outside chore and they end the day with a, an inside chore and an outside chore. And they are predictable, but they shift. But my older two are tag teaming bathroom cleaning right now. And 
it was I had I had a moment because like they said they did it and it wasn't clean and I was not using that bathroom I was so grateful we had we had two and that I cleaned the other one because I was like there's no way and it I but I like I didn't go in there and clean it after they went to bed and like touch it up I was like all right fine this is this is clean to you fine and it was when their younger sister went in at one point and she was like it's gross like this I don't want to touch this and they're like we already cleaned I was like but did you like this is coming from her not me like and it's it's living giving them that bit of autonomy that I was like you can't even see in the mirror because I swear you made it worse I'm not even sure like did what did you wipe it with but like fine fine it was and I I know that like my mom probably would have gone in and like made me redo it. She would have been like right there with me. I'm not saying she would have cleaned it for me, but she would have been like, no, this is not how we're leaving it. And I took a really different approach. And I think that I would, I, I would have, I would have done a better job. Yes. But I think I would have been a little bit like, I would have been a little bit miffed and I would have had a bit of a fire in my belly being like, Hey, whereas like hearing it from their little sister and then them going back and doing it themselves. Like this is, that's just another piece of it where I'm like, I'm not micromanaging. I'm I like this, this, it was it was honestly so bad I wouldn't use the bathroom and I just hoped that no surprise guests showed up like honestly I was like just please no because it's the main it would have been the main one that they would have used but they had they had to see it they had to see it for themselves in my opinion so yeah and go that control yeah no yeah and the learning aspect too and I mean we really teach because a lot of what we do as parents as moms is like a challenge and support like we challenge them to do like a little bit better and they we sort of like support with them with that but you don't want to challenge them too many steps because then that's like too much for them and so it's a constant of like okay let's do like a little bit more and then I'm gonna like help you until you like get to this level and it's just like a constant that's why I think about it as in like education terms to like a challenge and support all the way up until they get out of the house. <laughs> it's yeah. a long-term approach. Parenting, I have figured out, is a long-term It's the long um, game approach. Yeah, it's really the long game. So I love what we're talking about. And I would like to give some tips. I think we kind of already have, but kind of reiterate for the working moms because mm. like we both stay at home, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to be a quote, stay at home mom to create no. more like intention Mm-hmm. in your house and I don't want the working moms who like have to work or choose to work and you know work outside of the home feel like oh I can't do this because I'm not like staying at home you know so what would you tell to the working mom who is like I work all day and I come home so how can I create an intentional home and be like you know a few hours that I'm home like after work at night so what I feel like I would want if I wasn't home all day. And I honestly, there are bits and pieces of being a working mom that I think almost might work to your advantage. It's not the life that I've chosen or the life that I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, but I have watched working moms who they, because they have less time with their kids, they have, they're much more intentional with the time they have with their kids. So like, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You don't get as much time, but like, if you're building a really strong connection in those, like, however many hours you have every night and you know the day the whole day Saturday on the weekend like there's some real benefits to know to like what you're instilling in your kids knowing that like they they know they have you whereas my kids know that I they have me sometimes and then I'm over there and then I'm over there so there's there's a big I feel like there are some working moms who wish that they could be home and they're not giving themselves enough grace in that regard and I think that like hold on to that because especially when you're like laser focused on them when you're with them they're getting so much and 
make it a team sport, right? Like make home a team sport. You don't have to clean all the bathrooms yourself and do all the vacuuming and the dusting. And you don't have to have a housekeeper if you don't want one or can't afford one. Like there's no reason why your 10 year old can't come home with you. And it's like, okay, I'm going to vacuum and you need the, I'm going to vacuum the living room and you're going to collect garbages because it's Friday night and garbage pickup, probably not garbage pickups, not Saturday, but you get my point. (laughs) It's Thursday night and garbage pickup is Friday morning. So like, like enter the house and set yourselves up for the evening and then like you know maybe they're going to sit and do the homework while you cook dinner and you're going to chat like there's just there's little things where you just again begin with the end in mind what like what do you want you know just seeing how they and seeing how they can help you in that because that's how I view the home too is it's not like it's not me dictating everything it's like sure when they're young you're dictating everything and sure as they're getting older you're still dictating most but they can help and they can have an opinion and you know I think that comes back to that whole control thing though if you let them have an opinion (laughs) where's it gonna go but it's it's what it's meant to be right it's you're the authority you're the like they need to respect you and they need to have a voice and in order to have a voice they need to participate so like there's I don't know, get them, get them helping with housework so that you don't feel overwhelmed so that you can spend time together and, you know, sell it that way. You know, mom, can we play snakes and ladders? Absolutely. First, I need, we need 20 minutes to clean up the house and then we're going to play snakes and ladders. Cause otherwise that was the a, a really big clincher for my kids. The one day um, I was like, okay, you guys want to go for a, a big bike ride. That's fine. But there's all of this that I have to do. If everyone works for 30 minutes, we can leave in about half an hour. And then I pointed out to them that there's six of us and everyone working for 30 minutes is the equivalent of three hours if I'm doing it by myself. And they went, whoa, because 30 minutes wasn't that big a deal. But three hours, if they don't help me, means we're not going on a bike ride because it's got to get done. So make it a team sport and like show them, let them have them buy in because you don't have to be home all the time to have the home, whatever home culture you want, right? And most people aren't going to be home all the time. Yeah, no, that is true. And I really love what you're saying to the working moms. I think working moms get, you know, they have a whole other level of feeling bad because they're out of the home. And then, you know, you get to be at home. But I will say as a stay-at-home mom myself, just because you're in the home with them also doesn't mean you're always spending intentional time. So like, you could still be in the home with them, but not be really like present with them and doing other stuff or doing, you know, whatever computer work or whatever you're doing. So, you know, as like another encouragement to working moms, just because other moms are staying at home doesn't mean that they're focusing unnecessarily on intentional and present time. And maybe sometimes less so because you're like, I'm with them all day, (laughs) you know, but like I'm with them, but am I with them? And so, yeah, so I think, you know, as working parents, you know, we have a really, you know, they have a really big opportunity to still create a home that they want to. And that may or may not mean that you have to let go of a little bit more, like uh, may or may not mean the laundry, you know, gets done a little bit slower or, you know, things a little bit get a little bit slower. But once again, as we've been talking on this podcast, I think it's worth it to say, you know, focus in um, on, you know, what is the most important for your family and then do what is the most important to, you know, increase your relationship with your kids, increase your relationship with your spouse or partner, 
and then I think everything else kind of like falls in line from there if you keep the relationship and you know the presentness it's not a word but I just made a word <laughs> then like everything else like all the chores kind of fall into place like you said and getting kids to help you and I have to ask you and that's probably how you do it how you get everything done because you're taking care of live animals <laughs> too because I have a dog and it's like my fourth child and I'm not getting another dog after <laughs> I love him my my husband I mean he's so sweet my husband and I got him as our like first thing to take care of like when we were first married so he's been our original family member but it is an extra with three other like kids running around the house and then you know I also have to like take care of the dog so I can't imagine taking care of a whole like farm of live animals that you have to keep alive. And then you're also doing the podcast and, you know, yeah. canning sometimes. I mean, also taking care of kids and getting their needs met. So how, how do you do it all? Is it just everybody helps out like you were saying? Because I mean, you could not do it all yourself. There's no literal way. No, no. <laughs> No. So, I mean, there's a real division of labor with the expectation that if anyone kind of gets flooded and overwhelmed, we help each other out. So that's why like, all of the children have an inside chore and an outside chore. Like right down to my, my five-year-old, she has she has expectations. Obviously, they're scaled to abilities, but she has expectations. Like her, her morning inside chore is emptying the dishwasher with me. <laughs> she doesn't do that by herself, right? Her outside chore is right now feeding the the meat chickens with her sister right like it's scaled to ability but they all they all have things to do and like they they have to do them so like if you aren't going to feed the meat chickens then your job is to figure out who's going to do it for you it's not gonna you don't just ignore it and like they understand like, i mean we live on a farm they really do understand life and death in a different way than i did as a child because it happens, right? It happens by accident. Oh, yeah. It I happens just intentionally. Right? Tell you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but hmm. yes, because we had like a dead pigeon on our patio. I don't really like birds anyway. I have like a mild fear of birds, Fair and enough. I like I called animal control because my husband was at home, and there's like this dead pigeon on the patio, and I didn't know what to do. It looks like it had gotten like attacked. I think like a cat in the neighborhood like attacked it because it there's nothing for it to like get hung up on or anything and didn't look like it smashed into our house but it was just sitting there and I like got all the kids inside I was panicking <laughs> having this dead bird and like everyone made fun of me I called 911 <laughs> because it was after hours like the the animal control is like after hours this was in the summer so it was like later in the evening but so like right called animal control and I actually like asked them if they would like come pick up the dead bird on my patio they said no (laughs) so I made my husband do it when he got home from work because I could not do it so yes you definitely have a different view of life and death cycle of animals um than I do and I did not handle it well (laughs) I mean before we had a farm I probably like I I wouldn't have been as your view changes, right? Like it just, your perspective on it changes when you've got this going on. But yeah, that's, it's, it's again, that whole thing of just the kids have to get involved and it's, and I think that that's a huge, like, I think that's a bit of a, like a dagger to my heart sometimes is watching people who have more time with their kids because our time 
is amazing. And we have, you know, we do, we go, we still go for family bike rides and we still play games and we still like, we do spend time together, but a lot of our time together ends up being swallowed up with like tasks. Right. And it's still, it still can be fun. And we make games of it and we still, but it is, it's, it is different, but that's part of our vision for our family. And then that I noticed that that's me like getting the, what you should do come in. That, that's the, the outside influences come in, but I feel like I'm getting off topic here, but um, how, how do we get it all done? We make it, we make our, our home life a team sport. It's everybody has stuff that they have to do. And, you know, I, I had to, we had the kids had a field trip with their forest school. They went on a hike that, um, my husband and I wanted to go on with them. So we got up at the crack of silly and he was outside trying to get the cows to, you know, realize that they should be milked when they weren't really interested in being milked yet because it wasn't yet light out so we could, you know, get on this field trip. And I went, I had some, some deliveries I had to make. And so I got up and the night before we sat at the, the kitchen table, we made a list of like, well, what are all the things that you have to do in the morning that I usually prompt you to do in the morning? We made a list of like, you know, every, because, because of their ages, like obviously my 11 year old didn't need this comprehensive list, but my five-year-old kind of did. So it was like everything from make sure you wear your hiking shoes to brush your teeth, to get dressed. Like everything was on this list. Do your outside chore, do your inside chore. Like it was all there. And it was really illustrated to me when I came home, my seven-year-old was like, she was so bossy. It was terrible. And I was what, well, what do you mean? Was like, he just kept telling us to do things. And, and I was like, but look, you're ready. I don't think you would have been ready if he wasn't doing that. He like, he embraced the, like, I am the oldest in the house. I have to do this. And it really illustrated to me just how much, how capable they are for one thing, but also how much they, they really do understand because we've had these expectations of them they weren't like lost little souls going I don't know how to get ready when there's no adult in the house telling me what to do like you know dad was just outside they could have popped out at any second and I'm sure they did pop out many times to say hey dad because he was here uh, but they didn't have me making their breakfast and because I left before anyone was up in the morning you know and I just it really is just all about involving them like when we were canning beans I got tired of I got tired of breaking the tops off the beans so I told the them all four of them I said anyone who wants to stay up late tonight we're doing beans and we'll have like we'll have a dance party with top and beans older two stayed up younger two said I don't want to do that and they went to bed but it's just just everything is a team sport yeah I like that and I mean in your case with a farm and animals it has to be because there is no way that you could physically get it done but I also love taking that pressure off of moms because somehow I think it's social media there's <laughs> like became this weird thing where like apparently moms are expected to do everything without any help and I don't know why in the heck that like was a thing because there is no way that you can even when I don't have a farm but I just have like a regular house but still there's no way without some input from my husband, without, you know, a little bit of input from my kids, like you said, age appropriately that I can do. And there's still stuff at the end of the day that, you know, doesn't get done and waits until the next day or the next week or whatever. But there's this weird thing where like culture is now telling, especially stay at home moms that you're literally in charge of doing everything all day. 
And I don't understand why that you have to do like all the chores, like by yourself, you do all the chores and then you should also have like a passion or like a hobby because you shouldn't make your kids like your only hobby. And then you also need to do like self-care for yourself and then like, you know, make, you know, dinner meals from scratch three times a day and then make sure they get outside and play and they're learning this. I'm just like, that's literally not possible. And it also puts a lot of moms in burnout. So now more moms are more anxious than ever, finding more moms in burnout more than ever and just exhausted and like honestly ready to blow up their families and their family life because they just can't do it. And I agree, you can't keep doing it. That That's not a sustainable life for anyone. It's also not a realistic life, you know, and it's not I, an enjoyable life. And we should be enjoying our life. When I look at other generations, like I've talked to my mom about this and she didn't feel that pressure raising us. Like she didn't feel that pressure from other moms that she had to do all this stuff and that she wasn't supposed to get like a cleaning lady who came once a week to help her because my mom was mostly like a single mom raising us. And so of course she'd had to have help. She had to have help with like taking us to activities. She could physically like drive the car everywhere and that's fine. And we were fine about it. But I mean, she said that she definitely noticed that there's more pressure on like moms, like my generation, your generation, than what she felt raising us in that she felt like no pressure from anyone and she was like me and my friends didn't even ask each other like what are you feeding your kids what are what why are you doing this what because she was like we all assumed they knew what to do with their families and like if you had a question you <laughs> asked your friends but you didn't kind of, you know you just assume that you knew what you're doing in your house like unless you asked and you also she said we didn't judge people for what they did or didn't do and we didn't really care I like what you said yeah. there, though. Your mom, your mom said we just assumed that everybody knew what to do, like they knew how to feed their kids, because because we do, yeah. <laughs> we really do. Right. Yeah, yeah. We just question everything, and not in the right yeah. way. Right. Exactly. And I mean, yeah, I think it comes down to trusting yourself to like make the that you're going to make mm-hmm. the right decisions for your family. And like Mm -hmm. you said, also trusting your kids to be capable because they are. Kids are so capable. They may not do everything the right way, but if you give them like age appropriate chores or like you said with your daughter, she helps you um, unload the dishwasher, but with you. So you make sure she doesn't break things, but it's still teaching her. So Mm -hmm. just by helping you, she's learning because how are they supposed to like learn how to be like functional adults if you don't let them try to clean up you know if you don't let them try to unload the dishwasher with like supervision you know going away as they get older but you know it also goes a long way in your relationship with your kids when you show from this early age that you trust them enough to do these things because that trust just carries on Mm -hmm. you know um into in them so when they'll hopefully trust you to like come to you when they're like bigger and there's like bigger issues, hopefully not, but you know, there always is when bigger kids get bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always things that come up and so they'll trust you later, but no kids want some control, some autonomy. I definitely find that when I can, especially at my two year old, cause she's in her, like I do it phase. She wants to do everything, even though it takes like five times longer and she's going to do it. Like 
and she'll take her clothes back off if I help her and she's going to like do it anyway. But I have definitely found with my kids, if I just let them like do one thing or like make one decision that doesn't really matter, like, do you want Cheerios or this? And they pick the Cheerios. Great. Like that goes a long way in their feeling like they have some control over their life and situation and so when I am like telling them okay now like this is a thing you like have to do there's not as much pushback because they get times that they have some control over things too so it's not just me telling you because like who wants to live like that anyway you don't want to live no adult so why we do it there because no adult wants to live like someone telling you what to do all the time and that's what we're doing with our kids and so yeah I think Getting the kids involved in like age appropriate activities not only helps build those skills for when they go out and also teaches them that in a community, we work together. And that's Mm -hmm. also a life skill that they're going to need. They're going to need in like a workplace when they have to work together (laughs) with people to come up with a job or a solution. You know, hopefully they take that into their home so that when they have a spouse and they have kids you know, they understand that it's a community and it doesn't all have to be like on one person too. So Mm -hmm. I love that you're talking about that this does not need to, and it's not sustainable to be all on the mom to do these things. Not at all. Yeah. With that being said, we do do a lot, especially when kids are little, because we have to. How do you ground yourself in the day? I've, I have really gone since our last conversation on your podcast, gone from saying self-care to saying grounding yourself because I like that better because self-care is like kind of a buzzword and I don't always like what it implies. And I think everybody gets like the self-care word wrong, but I really like the idea of saying, how do you ground yourself? Because as moms, we are the leaders of the house. And if you can ground yourself and work on your like wellness first, you do have like a better capacity to give to everybody else during the day. So what are some ways that you've got a lot going on? How do you come back and like ground yourself so that you can, you know, show up better and, you know, as a better, like, you know, more patient mom or what, you know, to your kids? Yeah. So I, I'm a work in progress in this regard, very much so. But the one thing that I do every single day, every day looks different for me in a lot of ways. But the one thing that I do every single day is I start the day with something hot to drink, usually a hot lemon water. And I go outside, even if it's for five minutes, but like I go outside, I start the day with, you know, natural sunlight or darkness on my face. (laughs) it's getting dark this time of year but natural light whatever it is on my face with a warm drink and quiet and I mean like it's not perfectly quiet obviously you know there's sometimes birds chirping there's sometimes dogs there's often as soon as I step outside the dogs start biting at my feet because we have three dogs two of them are outdoor dogs so like you step outside and they're like hey where have you been all my life and I start fighting at my feet and like it's not it's not quiet but it's like it is calming I look at the mountains because we live in the mountains and I just take a couple of deep breaths and it is gotten to the point where the kids know, like, if they see me about to go get my boots on with a mug in my hand, and they're like, can you make me a, one of them will go like, she's not going to do that right now. Because like, I need this. <laughs> and I'm doing this. So that is like, probably the one thing in the entire day that is like a non negotiable for me. I also this sounds very, very basic. And I'm sure there are people out there who go, 
really. But nobody's allowed in the bathroom when I'm having a shower. Nobody. Don't come ask me for a drink of water. Don't come crying to me about your problems. Like, if you are desperate, knock on the door and yell through it. You are not allowed in the bathroom when I'm having a shower. That is my time. Get out. Those are probably the two biggest things that I do every day. Like, that's it. The rest of the day, like I, I, I'll just take escape if I need it. Like if I'm, if I'm feeling flooded, I will, I'll just go outside and like, where are you going? I'm going to see the cows. See ya. Like, I'm just, I gotta go. My kids are at an age when I can do that. The, even the five-year-old, like I, I don't leave her usually alone, at least not for long, but I can, I can for five minutes, right? It is fine. And it's just the simple, the simple things, right? Like it, honestly, the clean kitchen helps me feel grounded. The like just a couple of breaths outside in the morning is um it's it's magic. Like that almost sets me up for the entire day. If I get if I don't do that, it really throws me off for the entire day. Um and then just trying to eat well. <laughs> like I am very, very bad for eating, especially breakfast, standing up while I'm doing a thousand other things. So I'm like this is what I mean. I'm a work in progress. I really should sit down to eat my breakfast but I don't most days, but like making sure at least that it's balanced. Like I, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't count macros. I don't whatever, but I like, I do try and make sure that they're all present, you know, like, did I actually eat some protein with my breakfast today? Oh crap. I should probably go. I should probably go grab whatever. Cause if I'm hungry, I'm like, you're just, you're not fully there. Like, I don't, it's not a blood sugar thing necessarily. It's just like a, like if you're not nourished, you're not showing up because how can you right so that's probably really all I do I and then and then oh I need to have some downtime in the evening like I can't as my kids are getting older and they're starting to go to bed later I my bedtime is going getting later which I don't love but I can't go to bed when they go to bed like if they if they for some reason are up till 9 30 10 because we've done something I'm not going to bed at 10 I'm going to bed at 11 because I have to have some time in the evening to myself in the quiet which again proves that it's a work in progress because I probably should just go to bed at 10 and get a good night's sleep. But I, it, it makes me grumpy if I don't have a little bit of downtime in the evening. So, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. So I love that everything that you do is really simple because, you know, I think it's really marketed to moms that you have to have this whole like wellness routine and it's got to be like 10 steps. <laughs> it's got to be like a ton of steps. And it really can just be super simple. And I agree with you. What I do as well, it sounds like you do too, is I focused in on like what exactly fills up my cup enough to be able to give to like everybody else. And at what point in the day do I need to do that thing? So it's not only like, create honing in on exactly instead of like doing all these things which is more overwhelming honing in on like the one or two things that really work for me and then also crafting your day in your daily schedule around when in the day do I need like those breaks or do I need to do this thing and so for me like you for me I like to get up and get a cup of coffee in the morning and like sit on my couch and just like before anyone gets up and just like be quiet and same thing when my kids, like on the weekends, I'll sleep a little bit later. So sometimes my kids wake up fairly quickly after I get up and I tell them and they know mommy's having coffee right now. You can go 
watch TV for a little bit or go play with your trains, but I'm going to sit here and drink my coffee and watch my TV show. And so I set that boundary for them and mm-hmm. I give them other options of things to do. And they know, know now. And that's the thing, like your kids, I think, notice that you're better, like after you do these things and they'll help you, like they know what your routine is and they'll like give you the coffee cup. They'll like, give me my coffee cup or they'll, <laughs> you know, like your kids, like, no, you're going outside right now. You're not available but they kind of support you in that. Mm-hmm. And so like your family and kids like will support you when they see that it makes you like a better, more happy person to be able yeah. to do that type of stuff. And, you know, I, in like the middle of the day, I usually need like a break as well. And so we have like a rest time. They don't need to nap. My kids don't nap anymore, but I basically let them know this is like individual playtime, and mm-hmm. they can play with their toys Um, but like, I'm not available (laughs) to do like whatever for like 30 minutes to an hour that I'm going to like drink another cup of coffee or I'm going to like eat my lunch quietly, or I'm going to watch like a TV show if I want to, or I'm going to do something because I need that break in the middle of the day or around like two o'clock to be able to get through like dinner and bedtime because with our kids, since they're younger, like that's like fussy time and like everyone starts falling apart mm-hmm. <laughs> around five o'clock literally on the dot and so I I know that's where I said like crafting the time of day that you mm-hmm. know that you need the break and what you said was really helpful to me because my kids still you know go to bed by like eight o'clock like I'm putting them to bed by like eight o'clock at night for sure because I like to have that time too and I agree I can't go to bed right when my kids go to bed because I feel cheated of time that I get to have for myself and so that was helpful for me to know because your kids are a little bit older and are going to bed later and we haven't gotten to that stage yet so I hope you do some podcasts (laughs) about like how to craft your evening time that would be a great podcast episode for you because I'm interested to know like how you craft like your bedtime routine and the bedtime routine for your kids when they are older and going to bed a little bit later well, and they, they still go to bed, like they go to bed, like by nine, most of the time, yeah. but by the time they go to bed and then I go finish cleaning up the kitchen. Yeah. It's like 10 o'clock. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then I, the, the older ones are, are pretty good. I think they're pretty good. Like mm-hmm. if I like, I need time, go like, go read in your rooms. It often will work out, but yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll do some podcast episodes about that once you figure it out and let me know <laughs> how it goes as they get older and they get to be teenagers because <laughs> mine are just a few years, few years behind and they're still going to bed by like eight o'clock, like I said. So even with all that, I still have like a couple of hours, but I know as they get older, I can't imagine when they're teenagers and they don't go to bed till like 10 or 1030, what the heck we're going to do. But hopefully we have a little, we fortunately we have some time for that. But yeah, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I want to respect your time. I know we've gone a little bit over and I've loved everything that you have had to say. So a couple more things. Can you first tell people where they can find you, where your podcast is, when it's launching? I'm on Instagram as homespun.catherine and my podcast homespun is coming out on November 20th. And I'm on Facebook as Catherine Garland. So those are probably the best places to find me right now. 
Perfect. And one last question that I always ask my guests, if you can leave parents with one last tip or one piece of encouragement, what would it be? That's a good question. The biggest tip I have is just what I've been saying about like making everything, I call it a team sport, just having, just get involving everyone in, in all of the things and building your life together, because that's, that's what it's all about. Not putting, take the pressure off yourself and everyone can help. (laughs) Great. Thank you so much, Catherine, for coming on the podcast. It was so fun. And we will link all the places to find you in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed this chat. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to-do so you can love on your family today. And I'll meet you back on Thursday for another episode. Ciao, mama.